Da, 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 da. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Biohacking Bestie. In today's episode, we are hosting Jacob Riglin. The most prolific biohacker <laughs> you've ever seen. <laughs> most reluctant biohacker. First of all, thank you so much for joining me. You know how much you did not want to do it, and I think I've asked you to have this interview for the last three or four months. And you kept saying no. <laughs> Pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Why you didn't want to do it? Why did you not want to talk um, about us breaking up? I think. Because I, I think shared. your reasons are valid. So. No, I think I shared my side on Instagram to give people and my following a, an insight into what had happened, but I didn't feel it was necessary to, like, just bear all to everyone and kind of make it more of a thing than it already was. Yeah. Um, just didn't feel necessary. Yeah. I'm torn between, there's a part of me that obviously wants to, like, there are two kinds of people that are watching this. Some of them are just curious and looking for some gossip and they kind of feel like, oh my God, it didn't work out for them. I knew it. I want to find out. Like, I'm super nosy. I want to find out what happened. Fuck those people. <laughs> feel that. But this podcast is for people that are in the weeds, doing the work, being in relationships, sometimes failing, sometimes not, and they want to hear other people's stories and their vulnerable shares of what it's like to be in a relationship. And sometimes it doesn't go the way we would like to. And I know that whenever others share vulnerably about what they're going through has given me the courage and, and permission um just to do the same and i think these are the people who i want to speak to today you know that those I, mean, I totally understand the perspective of you know you spend years sharing the highlights so then why go quiet when things are bad right mm -hmm. and and to have the confidence to share and i think from my perspective of course in the moments that we decided okay cool this is this is not working we've tried different things we need to ultimately make that decision to break up i needed to spend time you know with myself and focus yeah. on me and that wasn't a time or the place for me to then you know, sit and share that i didn't feel it was right yeah so. yeah and i think even just the words you use remember how you worked with an incredible spiritual coach and she called us out on using the words didn't work out break up, etc, etc, right? So um, let's just um, debunk this whole idea that relationship is only good if it lasts long. Because for me, a merit of a good relationship is how much it has helped you heal. And hi, sir. And you've been my dream come true. And no one has sparked more healing. Mm in my life than you did and so you know if healing is a merit of a good relationship then this was the best relationship of my life you know the amount of healing the amount of triggers the amount of um you're a massive mirror to me and so it was the best that ever happened to me right and i fell in love with your your adventurous spirit and your kindness and 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 this sense of like anything 
you know, like I fell in love with your attitude of like, fuck, anything is possible. We can make any dream come true. It was so attractive to me. And then I stayed because you, you showed me where I wasn't free, you know, and I grew up, you know, I, I was so in love with you. I have given up so many parts of myself that I, that were important to me because all I knew from fucking bullshit, Disney and Instagram and, and, you know, social media and whatnot, that if you love somebody, you give up all that you want and need because you want to become the perfect partner. And that like, um, as we turned out, it doesn't really work that way. It doesn't. It's a, uh, I, I think, I mean, I obviously can very much echo in a sense of a lot of what you said just by, I think, coming into this relationship, I was under the impression that I, quote unquote, had nothing wrong with me. And <laughs> in a beautiful, like, I mean, in the most beautiful way that I, loads of things, quote unquote, wrong with me. But like, you don't, you're naive to it and you're blind to it. And unless someone is able to uncover that and show you that mirror um, of, of the work that you need to do. And I think like that in itself being one of many things that was a huge part of our relationship has been a big thing for me to, you know, to learn so much more about myself. Um, and I'm so grateful for that, even if it's brought through like challenging times, because I feel like I'm a different person now. Yeah. And I think we both bonded over like traditional way of, of relationship, which is very ego driven, where you fall in love and you idolize that person. You think they're your, that person is your everything and, you know, you fall in love with them. And then over time, you know, after years of giving up parts of myself that I, you know, I thought her the right things to become, you know, I wanted to become the perfect girlfriend, make beautiful breakfast, you know, and become everything you needed me to become. I realized that I'm, I feel I've created a prison for myself, right? And I felt like there were ways where I, I don't prioritize my own fun and my own growth because I put relationship first. And that's what I was taught is the right thing to do. And it really isn't, right? And so I think you were doing the exact same thing. You were, yeah. you were this perfect partner to me. And then over years, we have become somewhat resentful being in the relationship because we felt like we're doing what's best for a relationship, not what's best for us individually. Yeah, I think we, I think something that I've realized is how we spent a lot of our relationship kind of reminiscing on who we were. And I think it's obviously beautiful and it's nice, but I think it kind of allowed then kind of, I spent time thinking about us in 2017 to us and we were together even in 2020, which is then different in <laughs> different in say anything. 2020 in 2021, 2022, you know, and it's like, I don't think we spent much time seeing one another for who we were in the present moment and spent a lot of time kind of thinking about who we were instead of who we are. Yeah, and I think that's very common, right? Like we were super in love uh, right at the beginning when we started 
I remember like crying tears of joy. like, oh my God, he's the one. Like from the moment I, I saw you, I was like, wow, I knew that you're my soulmate, you know, and that you're going to be someone very important in my life. Like it was just instant, you know, slow-mo moment of like, wow, this is, this is someone. Who, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, like a hair, and be like, I, re- I remember exactly that moment. I think you did too. Yeah, and so, <laughs> and so when we, you know, when we got to a point in a relationship where things we started having our first arguments or things that weren't really uh, going smoothly, the first initial reaction is like, wait, what were the things that brought us joy together? What yeah. was it? What connected us? And we kept coming back to those things that connected us years ago, which is beautiful and it kind of makes sense. But the way we operate and the pace at which we grow, that per- that Aggie from 2017 or 2020 is no longer no, there. And so things that would turn her on or things that would excite her or impress her are not the same thing. Yeah. So trying to recreate those same moments just ended up leaving us kind of frustrated yeah definitely leaving kind of like a, a gap and a hole which we were constantly trying to fill but didn't really know how um yeah i think it's very similar in how we just just gave up part of ourselves thinking that was the right thing to do but ultimately for a successful relationship you have to come as two holes right yeah which we only just started discovering that and so January came, we have been working with a coach and she was incredible. She didn't say, she didn't say to us, guys, it's time to break up. It's time to not break up. She was like, what's your fullest expression? And both of us were like, not this relationship. We're in prison. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had got to a point where the, there was more conflict consistently versus moments like it was easy to count the number of moments that were really nice which instead of them do you know what i mean it was kind of like i mean i think to be fair like i didn't feel like there was a lot of conflict i think there was a deeper issue that wasn't being resolved but like conflict even not with yeah arguments yeah yeah big conflicts there's like it was just like warmth and it wasn't enough caring there wasn't enough like (laughs) no caring Yeah, there wasn't. And I think that was like the biggest thing that it were just like, it wasn't a very, it, we stopped being warm to each other. And I think I was frustrated because you are incredibly good at doing things that bring you joy and just doing that. Yeah. And I was just super resentful about that. Yeah, and it's, it's ironic like, because I then, I felt the resentment. So then felt like I shouldn't do that. And that like, oh, I can't go do things that feel good yeah. to me which is like for either of us is miserable. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, how come I'm the only, I, the story I told myself, the story, this is not truth, but yeah. you know, the, my interpretation. Like, a great way to look at it, by the way. Yeah. The thing that I've realized as well, it's just, it's always a story we tell ourselves. Yeah. Right? And you can put, explain yours in a second, but every single thing is like, what I it's think not the think reality. me or what yeah. I think you're thinking and doing is a reflection of how I feel. And it's like, so I'm just thinking those things, but you know, it's not actually. Yeah, but the story I was telling myself, like, okay, he's having, all that fun at the expense of me and I'm the adult taking care of all the bills, all the responsibilities, yeah. all the, you know, you know, all the finances. 
and you're the one having jetting around the world having fun going to Norway going you know to Hong Kong to whatever Formula One and living it up and I'm like back at home dealing with the shit that like and making you know things happen and so I was resentful but what you were really showing me is that like I should just really focus on things that bring me joy instead of trying to always prioritize work and responsibilities. I had this idea that if I, if the work gets done, I get to rest, but the work never gets done. Especially working for yourself, right? It's like, it's always going to pile up. There's always going to be something else to do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think they were very like eye-opening times for us. Yeah, and you were like my best teacher, right? Because you were like right there in front of me, just wanting to have fun. And I was like, fuck, like here I am, like teaching people. And that was like the biggest thing when I, in my course, when I realized I'm like, fuck, when it comes to the next level of my growth, I need to prioritize play. And your fun was so jarring to look at. And I was like, yeah, like this. (laughs) Yeah, I had this impression that I can't have my joy and my fun because one of us has to be responsible and stay back at home. And so I'm going to do it because you're having fun. And obviously we tried to heal that, but it was really, really hard. Yeah, I think there's like, there's for that to ultimately be a thing that's changed from both sides. There's me stepping up to that. And Sorry, our puppies screaming. screaming about kitties. Are you okay? Um, yeah, I think like there's work to be done for both of us there in a sense of me stepping up and me really like stepping into that role and then you also allowing and then stepping back and allowing that role to kind of come into fruition and for me to do that. And it's a very hard thing to do when we're both in our ways of things. And I personally didn't like how I was showing up in the last year or so of our relationship. Yeah, I didn't think it was the the type of person that I am or want to be and i have found myself being more passive more letting things happen without taking control and those things i don't think very interesting (laughs) um those things i don't think really showed me in the best light to me Mm -hmm. and i can feel that and i think it just i yeah i really didn't feel like I was showing up in a way that was ultimately a good way for our relationship or for myself. Yeah, and I think the biggest illusion is that, you know, another human being can make us feel a certain way. So I had this impression that because you were prioritizing your fun and going out and, and just like, just, yeah, you, you literally were prioritizing joy you were prioritizing having fun and and having pleasure and i was the one that you know just like polish immigrant like you know life's meant to you know you need discipline yeah like life has to be yeah there's has to be some level of suffering for you to feel like you're actually uh living and so yeah and people like you really were annoying me i'm like no like what is your fucking discipline man and so i was stepping into my masculine in a way and obviously that's not attractive to a single guy on the planet. Or maybe it is, actually. Uh, but then <laughs> but then what I realized that it's like, it's not like you were making me into that, you know, forcing me into that energy, which was, I guess, the easy way out. I was like, cool, I'll just 
date someone who's more masculine so I don't have to worry about it. But then I realized it's not about that. It's about, you know, me letting things happen and just healing that healthy masculine. And, and using those, those moments of that mirror to see where, like you said, you're not free and where you can do the work. I can do the work and embracing that instead of shutting it down. Yeah. And I think the next reason I would say like that, I felt like, we, um, well, obviously it's not a surprise um, that I wanted to start a family and I did. Um, and then we have to t explain what happened in a second, but um, it was really important to me. I just didn't want to have a baby. I wanted to have a family. That's a big difference. Like I wanted to have your baby and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to have a family with you. Like that was like, I saw it so clearly. I was like super ready for it. And I felt like it just wasn't your priority at all. And that was really like painful that you were like, or oh, I can't imagine doing in the next two or three years or whatever you said in in Thailand on our trip. And I was like, wow, that's really like painful. Should I wait? Should I not wait? Like I would love to be with somebody who really wants it. And so those level of that as well. Um that I just was like wasn't sure if what's yeah, like I wanted someone to be excited about these things and commitment and settling down and, and not being just like doing it for me. And I immediately think of her friend Ben and Astria um, and their story of them wanting to have children and him not wanting to have children. He started asking himself, what does love want? I don't know if you remember that it's like just like, yeah, that it's just like not really what's best for you or what's best relationship what's best for love in general and, and prioritizing that and I think you know I like I said like I didn't want to have kids I just wanted to have a family with you and that was really hard to to grieve that after the breakup right because I was like dang like I and in full respect I think what was really really annoying me People like, well, if he loved you, he would do it for you. I'm like, no, that's not true love. Like, that's actually what we're trying to heal from this idea that, like, you that sacrifice something that is really important to you, whatever it might be, because the other person wants it, and it can be many different things, right? That's not, true yeah. Love. And I'm so glad that you said, like, it's not in alignment for me. And I'm like, great, like, and I think for me, like, adding context around that, I think, like, you know, we. I think a lot of it for me, and I don't know if this is a similar thing for other guys or whether it's just me, <laughs> but like, I think I, there have been points where I was like, I, yeah, family this, like, I don't care what timeline it's on, let's do it next week, let's do it in two years, like, I, I, like, it didn't matter to me, but the, the points, we continued getting to a point where we were more and more disconnected. So the idea of having a family sounded less and less exciting. Yeah, it just sounded like a chore it that you need like, to well, take well, off. Miserable. Why would I want to have a family when we're miserable? That doesn't, to me, yeah. doesn't sound like a, the place I want to have a family from. And yeah. I think like that, with, without us, us seeing 
this improvement over time of us building, us getting to January and realizing like, you know, where we were at, I think that was still very much a part. So those conversations were coming from a place of, well, we don't feel good. So yeah. And the funny thing is it was a catch 22 because I didn't feel good in a relationship because I didn't feel honored. I didn't feel like my timeline was honored, like my needs were honored. And so I was frustrated because I was like, yo, like you're not really seeing me when in reality I wasn't really seeing myself. And so in January, we're like, yeah, it didn't feel like the full alignment. I think it was a joint decision. Um, So you ended up, you know, I lived in an Airbnb. You decided to move out. I was in the process of buying my house. Um, We were in an Airbnb. That's where we were at the time. Oh, yes. And basically I left that Airbnb. We're looking for rentals. And I was like, I don't think we should look for rentals. I think we should break up. And I'll buy something. And so you went traveling for a few weeks. I put an offer down for a house by myself, which was super weird because I was like, I always had this dream I would buy my first home together. By the way, we're currently in our home in Bali that we bought together, which technically, is technically this one came first. Yeah, so this one came first. We bought it 50 50. We got this place in, in June 2022. And so it was supposed to be ready in September, October, November. And it's a long story short, but we're currently, yeah. May, June. We're now in June, a whole year later, and we're just finally sitting here in our house. Yeah, so this is all, everything's brand new. And so it was kind of sad knowing that we're breaking up and the house isn't ready. And we're like, fuck, we'll just rent it. We'll just go back. Sign doing it. Yeah, so we already have it. It was sad, for sure. And then me trying to find... My, my home in LA and you know I found a place assigned the lease you know, I mean signed, you know put an offer down I bought a place and so that was I have gone through such a dark night of this whole I was crying so much because I avoided grief and all my relationships in reality have been I would go from one relationship to another very very quickly or after a breakup I would distract myself with traveling of course right so it was so easy Another trip, another trip, you don't even pay attention. And this one, for me to stay in LA after a breakup and not travel for three months was, yeah, you know, incredibly powerful. I did ayahuasca and I'm like, ayahuasca, please help me heal from Jacob. And she showed me every single time I chose not to grieve because it was uncomfortable, because timing wasn't right, because I was in a public place, because I didn't feel like I was supported, because I felt like it's weak of me. To grief and so that night uh, i mean that weekend because it's it's basically two nights of of 12 hours of purging uh and aya and just remembering every single moment griefing after my first grandma and my grandpa and i mean all four of my grandparents was so exhausting and i was like okay aya but what about jacob like i came here to get over him and she's like yeah that relationship had to die you jaggy or whatever you think that is 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 dead it's just no longer resonates with who you are whether it's the end of your relationship with jacob that's a different story and i was like what (laughs) yeah so in reality i think i felt this um aya ceremony very confused because i was expecting aya to tell me you know get over him that wasn't worth it and she's like no 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 this is your, you know, 
this is your soulmate that is teaching you something. And I think what you bring up then is, uh, is something that when I decided to, yeah, obviously to, to move out, to go in an Airbnb, uh, to, to friend's place, Airbnb, like a few different spots around Venice. And, and I spent a lot of time by myself, which I haven't really done. I think a lot of the things, trips I've done, everything have been with people always. And it's way easier, right? It's way easier to spend time with others in points where it feels hard. And I think I found a lot of like solitude and peace by spending time with myself, whether that was like, you know, long drives, spending the day out, like small little things wherever I could to really just like sit in the discomfort of the pain that was us breaking up. And um, definitely the thing that rang the most clear to me that was whatever was going to happen for us in the future, whether it was us becoming friends, us in another relationship, us, us with whatever that kind of came out to, it kind of really had to be a kind of death of what was mm -hmm. in order yeah. for anything else to be born, whatever, because it just couldn't ever come from the place that it had been from. Yeah. And so that was it. And you came back from traveling and you're like, maybe you should give it another go. And I was like, no, I've done so much work to get over you. Like I was actually getting slowly and but surely more comfortable in LA. And just for me, it was really healing because I, to, to, buy a place in LA for those who don't know I am Polish you know moved to the US nine years ago so starting to build your credit history as an immigrant in the US is really really hard and so for me to be able to get a place my dream place in West Hollywood it just was like felt like impossible um, and I never thought I would do it without anyone's help or by myself or with other partner so I needed to actually show it to myself and I think we bring up this brings up an interesting point of codependency and how promoted it is in social media of how you know probably even by us in the past you know where it's just doing everything together relying on that persons for happiness saying shit like oh you complete me you know you make me happy yeah you're my everything i don't know what i would do without you i'm like I don't know what I would do without you. And actually, we broke up, and yeah, we were super sad, but I never really felt like I wanted to question my life anymore. I was like, yeah, it's sad, but it's like, you're my biggest teacher, and what, what we had between us was super real. Yeah. And for me, again, a measure of a good relationship is how much you've grown and how much you've healed, not how long you've been together. Yeah. And so you were my biggest love right like yeah, the biggest marriage yeah and yeah like even in that sense yeah the most growth and most like yeah so it doesn't fucking matter if you were like you know like we always like how long have you been together for like can we switch that question to how, how much, much have you healed have you together <laughs> right yeah, yeah. So that's way more important right and i think we just like create these prisons for each other of like whenever i hear couples say like Oh, I don't want my boyfriend to do this and that and whatever. It's just like, it's just such a list of things of I want you to be this for me and I need to be that for you in order to be loved. It's a very conditional love. And we realize we don't want to live in this conditional ego-driven love. We want to be love where it's like, what's your fucking fullest expression? Yeah. And so I was very happy to have healed like 
you know, sit in that sadness that came up because of our breakup. And again, you don't feel sad because of the breakup, but because there's that emptiness, a person is no longer there, you see that there was so much sadness within you that you didn't attend to, yeah. or like pay attention to. And I took my mom to Maldives and I was like, my mom's like, do you still sleep with Jacob? <laughs> and I was, yeah. Are you getting over getting together? Because obviously we had so much love and reverence for each other. After the breakup, people felt like, oh, they need to get back together. Like, what's wrong? And I, I just, honestly, I have to say it again in case I didn't. Um, breaking up with you made me fall in love with you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they say, you don't know somebody until you break up with them. And we've all been there, I think, where we felt like, oh, someone's like such a good match. And then you start the breakup process and you're just like, oh, like, oh my God, <laughs> like monster. And you have proven to be such a good human and with so much integrity, so much love, so much vulnerability. That I was like, fuck, I love this guy even more. I want him to be happy. I can't wait to see him you know I want him I want to see him in his fullest expression I want to see him enjoying his freedom because he he deserves it and I was I was so impressed by our breakup and how you navigated it yeah I think it's testament to both of us really how you know such a difficult thing can be handled without so much grace for one another and I, I think those few those few months that have now got us to, to here have been a powerful time for both of us. You know, it's been five months. Like really been. connecting with things that feel important and true to us yeah. that we, out of no fault of the other person, you know, stopped ourselves doing or connecting with or whatever that might be, passions and things like that. But I think we have both settled more comfortably into like feeling ourselves again yeah. and i think that can only come from sometimes you know five months of challenge yeah and so we met up here in bali long story short we little entry to the villa video yeah. we video the first time we saw each other three weeks four weeks ago yeah and it was definitely some chemistry there i thought i, I was over this breakup I was confident. I was like, I'm so over him. This is going to be really easy. La, la, la. No, I was... The story you were telling yourself. Yeah. so rough. No, I had had the story of saying myself, I'm like super over it. And then I saw you, I'm like, oh, hi. I'm so over you. Like, so cute. Um, Delusional. Anyways, and so we saw each other. Uh, We have a lawsuit here. We had keys to picked up. We also had to start a company here together and sign all the documents so we can rent villa because we decided, okay, we don't live here. We both need to now come start a company together and rent it out. Rent it out legitimately and do that for the company. Here yeah, so we're like, okay, we'll just come. We have to do it together. It's going to be fine. We'll take we separate rooms. Hang out and you know, sleep in separate rooms and just kind of celebrate the fact that regardless of the position that we're in, we have a beautiful space that we've ultimately built together. and. Yeah. do that from a place of resentment yeah celebrate it yeah and we're like cool we're super woke <laughs> no we're like woken up to handle this and so on day three we are driving actually i went out by without you because we were like 
doing our own thing. So I went out without you and then you were just working and I was like, come join and we're friends. You, you really like it. And I was trying to like, remember how you didn't want to go out? Yeah. And I was like, come, you know, whatever. And so you decided to, to pick me up. And as we we're driving back home together on one bike, we realized I left my bike. Anyways, long story short. We're we driving across a shortcut near us in Prairanan. There's a guy parked in the middle of the road in a very weird place that you don't stop. Where it's like midnight, we're like coming past, glance back, and there's just an abundance. The only way to describe it, an abundance of puppies on the street and on the street running around. And this guy had literally stopped a few minutes beforehand, seen someone dropping off, literally throwing these puppies into a out of a bag right next to a river, and then scootering off into into the night. And uh, this guy had stopped, obviously couldn't leave them. Um, we were the next people to stop, and between us. Uh, managed to uh, rescue seven puppies. Um, yeah, and we, the funny thing is, like, obviously, I mean, not so funny, but um, puppies were, you know, in the drain, like, by the river. They were, like, thrown out there to die. Like, it, yeah. it was right by the river, right? And we have tried to stop other bikes to take the remaining puppies. No one wanted to take them. And we're like, what are we going to do with four dogs? We And I'm like, we have a construction zone. There's 30 people at the villa. It was really just like super, super crazy. So I'm like, we'll just take them for one night and we'll drop them off at the shelter the next day. We just can't leave them on the side of the road, but it's too dangerous for them. Two puppies in my arms, two puppies in her arms, scootering back to the villa. We get them back. They are like, they, because of how scared they were, I think it felt like they were like two weeks old because they, I, it felt like they had kind of constricted all of their senses and their like everything. Their uh, or maybe like, they were underfed as well. Like everything. They, they were small, they were scared, they were really, really kind of like young, sleeping puppies. And, uh, you know, we calmed them down, gave them some food, gave them some water and some milk and whatever we felt was uh, the right thing to do. And um, the next morning thinking, oh, well, we'll drop them off at the vet. And uh, and then we're like, oh, actually, maybe we'll just make sure that they're like healthy. So we took them to the vet. They ended up being like six weeks old. The vet said they're too sick to be vaccinated. Um, so here's a bunch of medication, like three different antibiotics. Can. So I'm like, okay, that twice a day for all of them for four puppies. And so like, okay, we'll just heal them and then we'll put them up for yeah, adoption. It's fine. A couple of weeks, easy work. Yeah. And so now we're four weeks later and we keep pushing our four flight later. There's been shit in every part of this house <laughs> inside. And we're not really selling the Jaggy Villa. Are we? Weeds everywhere. It's been disinfected. Don't worry. Um, it's been right. blessed by puppy weed. Blessed by puppies. Right? And it was so ironic because it obviously family, uh, family, starting a family was a big part of why we broke up. And here we were like. Family of six of us. Yeah. And the funny thing is I had a puppy before. I never had four. And also, let's remember, like, you pick up a puppy usually when they're 12 weeks old. Yeah. And we've got them at six. At six, when they still think they should be with their mum. So they're in a very, very vulnerable place and a place that you typically, most people will never see puppies or get to look at. Without a mum, right? Without a mum as well. So. so, what was really interesting, they would wake up every morning, run to me lie down along my belly and try to bite my belly. So they somehow sense that I'm the female in this yeah. pack. And so they would always like, definitely had like the, no, <laughs> but they immediately knew that, that, you know, 
that um, must be their mummy, but it was really sad, like, whenever someone who works on site, who's a local, would try to pick them up, they would start crying. Yeah. So clearly there's a trauma of someone picking them up um, from their mom. Um, and so, yeah, like, we just couldn't imagine. Our, like, it was super funny because, yeah, I was like, what's the worst thing that can happen when you arrive to the same place with your ex like honestly we can be adult about it all the best thing that can happen depending how you look at it we have puppies <laughs> it was really nice to see you in that role because obviously you know we have a dog back in la but it's very different he's he's a dog like these are babies Human like and yeah and so they cry in the morning when they wake up at 6 30 to like we have to go and you know, they cry in the middle of the night. We can't sleep. We're just like, hey, who's going to go and snuggle the puppy so they come down? We have to feed them a lot. We have to clean their shit. Like, it's, it's yeah, been... Babies. Yeah, they're like literally little babies. And now they have grown into big, big puppies. And, puppy. and so now they're at the level, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, they're ready to find a forever home. One of them is already with... Uh, with his new dad two of them are staying with our newly hired villa manager and one is potentially staying with us for now with a friend and the next few months until we're back um which is a really beautiful thing i think yeah it was such a a an interesting way that neither of us expected to reconnect while we've been here um and opened up a lot of like challenging conversations and times for us to really sit down and share and be vulnerable yeah and i think i made it a point of honor not to get back together because i'm like oh this is too fucking cliche for us to get back together like that and they didn't want it to be automatic pilot so the beginning was a lot of it was automatic pilot and we had this conversation at the beach two weeks ago we're like hey we should not get back together and you're like yeah you're right like it's not good for us we should just do what we decided to do yeah ago. and there was a bit of a plot twist recently <laughs> And I think for me, the most attractive thing to anybody in anybody is their commitment to healing and, and their vulnerability. And I wasn't sure if I can see that in you because, you know, I'm the spiritual one and you're not, but in reality, you're like, you are very spiritual. And so. I'm the most sad guy. <laughs> The best HRV without doing anything ridiculous. Anyways, anyways, um, and so you shared with me parts of you that I didn't know before that were vulnerable and brave and badass that like, yeah, like I, I had no idea about that just made me respect even more. And I was like, oh, well, he is committed to his healing. And that was really, really the biggest thing that would be like a, uh, a deal breaker for me and then we still didn't agree about the family <laughs> we didn't and i think it's uh it's one of those really interesting things like i said before that ultimately how we are is a reflection of you know how excited i am for something to happen and i don't i don't know where that comes from but i think it's just you know feeling how we were with this and and us getting really honest and, and clear with one another really did give me a, 
a beautiful wake up call in a sense that for one, I don't want another man who may be inside <laughs> of you. <laughs> Basically plain and simple. <laughs> and and two, it's really the the time that we've spent apart, I think, has been such a powerful time for us to really step into the feeling of who we are individually. And and I think it brought around for me definitely a sense of how can we find a way to move forward together. Yeah, and I think it's just like the hardest thing in the world is to look at someone who you love or anybody for who they are right now, not who they were five minutes ago, four months ago and whatnot. And so it's really hard not to bring that baggage of the past into the relationship and, and say, if you tell me I really want to make it work, I'm like, well, you didn't make it work four times last month. So what makes you think that this time is going to be different? And yet ultimately you never really live in a, you know, in a present moment because you constantly, you know, don't give yourself a chance to break the habit of being yourself and don't give the other person a chance to, to do that. And I think we had some new non-negotiables for what would the Jaggy 2.0 mean um, and, and how different this relation has to be. It's not what we used to have, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I don't know if that was clear enough, but basically, yeah, we decided to get back together, right? I think it's pretty clear. Uh, we can make it even more clear. Um, mm. <laughs> um, but I think what's really interesting to me and, and something like you said, we have been very clear with one another of what's important to us. And, and what ultimately like are these non-negotiables and things that we're both coming into a relationship feeling like hey i need to be honored by this and you need to be honored by this and vice versa and and knowing how i think we learned so much from both the end through our relationship but towards the end and throughout the time that we've been apart that I'm crazy right now um that it can really offer a beautiful lens for us to see where we can go now. What did you miss most about me? What did I miss most about you? Um, and seeing you with these pups just made me realize how much I've missed your warmth and your, just as ridiculous as it is, your maternal instincts to just look after them. It's so beautiful to see. And maybe frustrating about how much they liked you <laughs> and still like you over me <laughs> but um that and you know the way you approach work and life like it's been amazing to see your kind of like disconnection from that on the weekends and really like finding your presence in not thinking you need to do things i'd miss that in you like you just choosing joy um and choosing a good time like I was going and ripping motorbikes on the beach in two hours time. Um. <laughs> you know, looking at the lights, we might have so, to. Yeah. Um, how do you think we're going to be different this time? 
you know, it's going to Argus Asia type stuff. <laughs> How do I think we're going to be different this time? Um, I think that it's really a case of having all cards on the table at all times and, and really being open to feedback and really understanding that I'm with you because you really show me how brilliant I can be and allowing for that to be shown to me instead of shutting it down sometimes and things like that I think for me are, are really important to just be super open and honest and transparent with yeah, where I think we're it, at. I think what's really hard for me also was that how hard you are on yourself. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like I judge you less than you judge yourself. And so um, as you committed to your growth and your healing, you started loving yourself more and I really appreciate that because it's really hard to be in a relationship with somebody who's tough on them I'm like oh, I'm just a perfectionist I'm really hard on myself I'm like yeah you don't love yourself you can't love me so like I can't be in a relationship like that but now I see you actually care to love yourself and that's such a great indication of your capacity for love Amen. <laughs> anyways thank you so much Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, if you guys want to learn anything more about biohacking, <laughs> don't watch this podcast. <laughs> oh, but it is like love is the biggest biohack is, and yeah. forgiveness. I told you I'm a savage at it. And here we are jumping into a new relationship <laughs> together because I'm so good at it. Um, no, it's true. It really is like forgiveness and, and letting go, right? It, it It is the biggest biohack. And so yeah. is having three puppies constantly at your feet. So that means, what does it mean? Oxytocin. And oxytocin heals everything. Thank you so much for watching. Um, and if you want to find out what happens next, watch another episode. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Did mommy and daddy get back together? What's going to happen? Watching the show. You said mommy and daddy. <laughs> is a clear indicator. <laughs>